Hello and welcome to a mini bonus episode of We Love Books, the mini version of the show where we absolutely love books and we know that you love books too. Today, lace up those runners, proudly don your county colours and get ready to scream and shout from the sidelines, it's all about sports. RTE Sports presenter and journalist Paul O'Flynn is in the house. We caught him fresh off the plane from the Tokyo Olympics to ask him about his time in Japan, covering the different events, and about the latest book in his sporting series for kids, all about hurling legend Henry Shefflin. And that book is called King Henry and is available now. Not only is Paul a gigantic sports fan, he's also a sporting legend himself, having won the 99th historic Dublin City Liffey Swim. Now that's impressive. He's here to chat about all things sports, Olympics, and of course, books. It is a book show after all. So Paul, the first question I'd love to ask you because of uh, the time that's in it, you've just come back from Tokyo. Yeah, just back from the Olympics, a really exciting time, an incredible place to visit. It's the strangest place I've ever been in the world. It's like traveling to the moon, I think. Lots of things in Japan are very similar to at home, but loads of things are so different from the language to the food and the culture. So it was a great experience to be there and to see the Olympic Games was just amazing to see all the Irish athletes do so well uh, and some of the international athletes too uh, so it was a, a, an incredible experience loved it was it a bit unusual this year with the restrictions yeah i've been i've been lucky enough to be to the london olympics and the rio olympics as well so i had a bit of experience in the olympics and it was it was certainly different this time obviously because of the dreaded covid-19 that we're all still talking about so it was very restricted for the athletes they had to get tested every day there was a lot of social distance they had to wash their hands and get their temperatures checked and of course the biggest thing i think really for the olympics was that there was no fans there so it was a, it was a pity everybody loves to see those big full stadiums with every and cheering the fans or cheering the athletes on you know uh, with lots of flags and color and all the rest of it so that was a bit of a pity and it made it kind of strange but I think in some ways the sports took over and for the athletes themselves it was such a big deal for them you know these Olympic athletes give up pretty much their whole lives to train and uh, work so hard to have these moments and especially because they were delayed for a year they activate an extra year so it's five years instead of four so I think for them they were so excited to be there enjoy the experience so much that you can't help but be swept up in their enthusiasm as well so I think you know without the fans it lacked something but I think the sports people kind of came to the fore and it, it was their games really and do you have a high point from your time with the olympics this year what did you enjoy the most well i love swimming i swam a lot when i was uh, when i was younger so it's always a real treat for me it doesn't feel like work at all to get to go to the swimming and i spent the guts of a week there the first week pretty much at the swimming pool every day and just to see the irish swimmers do so well mona mcsherry from Sligo she's, she's only young 19 or, or 20 and, and she swam so well and she made the final in the 100 meters breaststroke and uh, it was just you know it's it's not often you have an Irish swimmer in a final it's such a huge achievement and uh, she was so delighted to be there she worked so hard trained so hard and I think it was just really exciting to see her swim so well on, on, on such a high level and she was a really really good swimmer when she was a young child and she, she trained all the time and she actually won a medal at the World Junior Championships as well. So it was great to see her now as an adult at the Olympic Games do so well. And what do you think your younger self, so maybe like your 10-year-old self would say if they could see who you are and what you do now and the places that you go? Because it's kind of magical what you do. 
I think I'd probably have to pinch myself a little bit. I was lucky enough. I don't know when I was 10, but certainly by the time I was 12, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. Like I was sports mad always since I was really small. Uh, everything that was green on television, I watched uh, everything that had a ball in it I wanted to play. And I played pretty much every sport, football, hurling, rugby. Uh, I swam a lot. And that's what I, what I wanted to do. And I realized, I suppose, I wasn't really going to make it as a sports person you know I wasn't that talented but I, I was a good swimmer I wasn't very good at ball games I think the next best thing is to have that front row seat to be a sports reporter and it was a kind of a dream of mine really since I was probably about 12 so to actually kind of grow up and achieve that and and get to be a reporter for RTE and go to things like the Olympic Games and World Cups uh, you know yeah I, I I'm really lucky and I just I have to pinch myself sometime, I suppose. But I guess that the message I think for any children listening is that if you have a dream to follow it and, and go for it and, you know, really anything you want to do, you, you can achieve whether that's to be a sports person, be a sports reporter or anything else, you know, any, any anything else you, you have a dream to do, just go and do your best to try and achieve it. It's amazing that you knew from then the path that you wanted to follow and you, you were dedicated to following it the whole way through. And something I love, obviously, that you've done is you haven't just stopped at sports reporting. You've now written a series of books. So we've got two books so far about different fantastic Irish sports people. So you're bringing sports into the library, which, you know, you're not always allowed to play football in the library, but you are allowed to read about rugby and read about hurling. So can I ask you about your first book, Go Johnny Go? What made you say, I'm going to do this and write this series? Well, a lot of your listeners might be familiar with the books called Ultimate Football Heroes. They're a series that are done about the biggest soccer stars in the world. So Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Mo Salah and all the rest. And they're quite popular with young kids and you'd see them on the bookshelves here in Ireland. And I just saw them and I kind of thought of the idea, well, it's an awful pity that we don't have these same books for our Irish sports stars, you know, and I think the Irish children would like to read about the biggest sports stars in Ireland as much as, you know, we love to watch Cristiano Ronaldo, Leo Messi play football. And um, we have such brilliant sports stars here as well. So that was the original idea. Uh, I got talking to Gil Books, who came on board and they were delighted to publish them. And we got in touch uh, with Johnny, we thought who better to start a series with than, you know, the captain of the Irish rugby team, world rugby player of the year in 2018, you know, just an absolute superstar. And Johnny was good enough to put his name to the project, let us write a story. And uh, that's how Go Johnny Go was born. And one of the things that people enjoy so much, so it is it is Johnny Sexton's story and the new book is King Henry's Henry Sheffield's story, but it's kind of imagined a little bit as well. So it, it's that fly on the wall in the dressing room. I think even as a sports reporter now, the one place we'd all love to be and we just don't get access to is inside the dressing room, you know, to hear Joe Schmidt giving out to the team or giving out to Johnny or what Johnny thinks and they're in the middle of a match and what he's saying to his teammates, you know. Uh, and so it was great for me to be able to just to imagine that and, and put myself in the shoes of being a seven, eight, nine, ten year old child reading this book to say what would they what do they want to know about what goes through Johnny's head when he's in the middle of a match, you know. So for me, that was the, that was the fun bit to tell that story. So we have book two. What is King Henry all about? Can you tell us a little bit about what kids can expect with that book? Yeah, well, it's the story, I think, of how to say, everyone will give out to me if I say the greatest hurler ever. Everyone has their, their <laughs> favourites, but certainly yeah. one of the greatest hurlers we, we've ever had. There's no doubt about that. And Henry has just, you know, everyone knows him now, the young kids who see him on the Sunday game. And, you know, it's not that long since he finished up his career and uh, he won everything there is to be won in the game. He won 10 All-Irelands, which is just extraordinary. He won All-Stars most years. He played Hurler of the Year. 
uh, and he just you know was such an exceptional talent really from such a young age from the minute he broke into the Kilkenny team all the way through and they were just such a successful Kilkenny team the epic battles they had with Cork with Tipperary you know with Galway uh, over the years so really it's the story of, of Henry growing up in Ballyhale that famous heartland of hurling in Kilkenny his family you know were all interested in, in hurling he was sort of following in the footsteps of his bigger brothers and it's just about those early days growing up in the village playing hurling at the back the family owned a bar uh, in in Ballyhale and it was a, a real place where all the, the the hurling fans used to gather after a match so really from when he was tiny Henry used to pick up on all the the chatter and all, all the, the hype and the excitement about the matches you know and that just inspired his love of, of hurling so when he was old enough to pick up a hurl he did that and stick on his helmet they had a squash court out the back of their house that he used to practice all day long really and that's where he honed his skills for taking the freeze that he was so famous for you know so it's that story. Then his first footsteps into St. Patrick's National School, another famous place, a teacher, Joe Dunphy there, who, who molded him and a few others as well, taught him all the, the, the skills and tactics of the game of hurling, starting to play for Ballyhale and all the way through up then over his teenage years when he went to St. Kieran's College, which is, again, a really famous school in Kilkenny Secondary School, where loads of the greats would have played as well, DJ Carey among them. And it just follows his story really all the way up until then he finally broke into the Kilkenny team and, and had all that success that I, that I mentioned, you know. And I think one of the really nice things about Henry's story is that anyone looking in from the outside would say, well, wow, he was a golden boy. He was born with this amazing talent. Uh, he just walked into the Kilkenny team and he won 10 All-Irelands and then, you know, he walked off into the sunset and retired. But actually, he had a lot of struggles along the way too and he doubted himself a lot of times. You know, when he went to St. Kieran's College, secondary school, it's a hard time for... A lot of children, you know, they're used to their primary school and they're used to their friends and they have to go and take new steps and and, and go into a new environment. And, and that really affected Henry and it affected his hurling. And he fell off the team and he wondered, was he ever going to be good enough to, to play for the school team, never mind Kilkenny? Uh, and then he overcame that. He had a lot of injuries as well. He had a very bad eye injury when, when he was a teenager, too, that he recovered from. And I think it's just how he overcame those struggles. It shows that even the even the best, even the greats don't have everything easy. And you have to really kind of work, work hard and overcome those upsets to to get on and, and you know, have the success that, that he went on to have. If you're a sports fan, if you're a hurling fan, if you love sports, uh, you're going to really enjoy the book. There's loads of action in it. Um, but there's plenty of stories away from the pitch as well, as I mentioned, the struggles. And I think one of the things in King Henry that a lot of people wouldn't know about his story was that he actually he, he failed the entrance exam to go to St. Kieran's College. Uh, and it was the one school he really wanted to go to. I mean, to learn, you know, reading and writing and maths, <laughs> but not really. You know, he yeah. he, he wanted to play hurling there. <laughs> he got so, his priorities uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a huge setback for him. And his brothers had gone there and he really wanted to go. So he, he thought, oh no, like most children, you, you know, got pain in the stomach. I thought like my parents are going to kill me. I'm going to be in so much trouble. And what's going to happen? But he talked to that teacher, Joe Dunphy, who was such a big influence on his life. And he said, look, I have a plan. Why don't we stay another year in primary school uh, in Ballyhale? You can wait do the entrance exam again next year you know you'll be a year older uh, you won't be as nervous in the exam things will be a little bit easier for you uh, and you can stay hurling here for for another year and then his younger brother was was going to be going to St. Kieran's next year and you can head off to school together and so they went and spoke to his parents and they were all delighted and and it just showed 
that like Henry had a problem. It was something he was worried about. But actually, by talking to his teacher, talking to his parents, everyone was really happy. And he stayed on another year in primary school. He was a year older, a year wiser going off to secondary. He went with his brother and, you know, everything went so well for him kind of after that. So I think there's a lot of little messages like that in the book that are away from the hurling field just for for young children, you know, to, to realize that even greats like Henry don't don't have it all their own way. And they have the same struggles and the same worries as any other young child out there. And something you've done that's really interesting that you don't always see is you've made these books really accessible to everybody. So people who might not be great readers or people who have dyslexia. How have you done this? Well, so, some of the things are very simple, really. I, I know for children who have dyslexia, for, for adults who have dyslexia as well, sometimes the, the way the books are written, just the actual type, the print of the book can be quite difficult. So some of it is just in that. It's just the way it's laid out. It, it's quite clear. There's plenty of spaces between the letters and the words. So it should be really accessible for people who have uh, difficulty reading to, to go through it like that. And it's just not making things too complicated. You know, the story is all there. It's for everyone to read. But people who struggle a little bit with reading should be able to get through it on their own, maybe with a little bit of help. But the idea is that they'll be able to read it on their own. And we've worked with the Dyslexia Association of Ireland to make sure that that is possible. And dyslexia is really common. Um, it's it's one in 10 children in Ireland will, will have dyslexia, uh, which means like roughly three people in every class in school will have it. And one of the key things with people who struggle with reading as well, they just don't tend to want to pick up a book it's something that's kind of hard for them you know it's like kids who aren't good at arts and asking them to draw they don't really want to they'll try to do something else instead so one of the key things it's not actually about how it's presented how it's written or how, how it's printed it's just about being a topic that they're interested in so if children are interested in hurling interested in sport but aren't so much into reading well then what better than a book about Johnny Sexton or Henry Shefflin one of the stars they they see on tv that they see playing at the Aviva Stadium or, or Croke Park to inspire them, you know, to look at their story and hopefully they'll use the, the love they have of sports to, to get them into reading. I mean, that's the whole idea behind the books. And I know from Go Johnny Go that that seems to have worked really well. You know, I, I got messages from, from children who said they, they just loved that, that they'd never read a whole book on their own before, um, but were able to read Go Johnny Go. And I, I just hope it's the same. And I guess it's just to, to let children know, children who have dyslexia, um, that with a little bit of work, with a little bit of effort, they can go on to have a joy of reading just as much as anyone else. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with them. But, you know, it's not that they can't keep up in class. It's just that their brain works a little bit differently. And just with a, with a little bit of effort, a little bit of work, they can also discover the joy of reading and that they'll hopefully have for the rest of their lives as they grow up as adults too. And as a huge sports fan and as a sports reporter and now a sports author, do you see a huge benefit for kids who play sport or what are your thoughts on kids and sports yeah I, I think it's so important like as I said already I I, I loved sport growing up and I, I guess in some ways it was, it was easy for me I just absolutely enjoyed it. I wasn't brilliant at it I, I was a good swimmer I wasn't very good at football hurling and rugby but I played them with great enthusiasm you know I just I just loved going training and I always felt I, I, I was one of those people who got up early in the morning to swim you know so I, I the alarm went off at half five and I I'd oh, swim for no. <laughs> an hour and a half or two before before school and I think Wow. Even some of my teachers used to comment, you know, that I'd be wide awake and ready to go. And I think the energy and kind of enthusiasm you have, and I think it definitely would have helped me in school as well. And I think most you, you find that a lot that, you know, 
the sports people who we meet in our career and who we chat to and stuff, they tend to be very driven people and they actually tend to be good at sport, but actually good at other stuff too. Kind of annoyingly, you know, they tend to be very good in school and, and, and good at other things as well, you know. And I just think the benefits of sport, not just from an exercise point of view, but I think it's so good for your mind. And I think it helps you sleep at night when you wake up the next day, you're ready again. And it's just great. You know, if you've had a hard day in school or things are on your mind and you have homework or whatever, if you just go out and play a bit of football, play a bit of hurling, rugby, whatever you're into, go for a swim, go for a walk even, or a cycle, just getting that bit of fresh air. I think it's just great for your mind. It's great for your body. And I, I think most kids love playing sport naturally, but I, I'd encourage anyone just to get get involved in sport. I always thought those people in school who were in the pool at six o'clock were absolute heroes. I always wanted to be one, but it was a little early for me. Yeah, heroes <laughs> are a bit crazy, I think. So what you got to do to be a hero. <laughs> And can we ask what's next for you or is it a secret? Well, there's no secret. I, I, I don't have any plans right now for another book in this series, but we'd love to do more. I, I know the readers kind of want more. So, you know, we have so many great heroes. We talked about the Olympics earlier, you know, someone like Kelly Harrington, Katie Taylor. Um, we have Rachel Blackmore, the, the jockey who won the Grand National. would love to feature uh, people like that in our books. You know, we've great golfers, Shane Lowry, Rory McIlroy, you know, so many hosts of GA stars, Seamus Coleman in football. I mean, I, I'd love to do a series. On, on all these sports stars you know so uh, look fingers crossed we'll, we'll, we'll get to do another one maybe next year uh, my final question for you Paul is uh, it's possibly swimming but do you have a favourite sport yeah I have to say I have to say swimming I mean I, I, I love all sports really and I, I really enjoy watching Gaelic football hurling uh, rugby especially I love going to BVM Stadium for, for an Irish rugby match uh, and to watch the soccer team as well um, but for me personally swimming is my favorite thing and I said I swam competitively when I was younger um, but now I do it more for fun and for exercise and I still swim a good bit and I do I swim in the sea an awful lot as well I think we're so lucky in Ireland to have such fantastic resources and it's something that seems to have blossomed an awful lot in the in the lockdown um, when people couldn't the swimming pools were closed and other people just couldn't do other things that they normally did and a lot of people discovered the joy of swimming in the sea and I know that Swim Ireland have gotten behind that and there's a lot of kind of activities going on there's learn to swim programs you know so for anyone listening who wants to get involved in the joy of sea swimming I know I know for younger people it might be a little bit cold but the younger you start the more you get used to it but do it safely you know learn to swim with with one of these Swim Ireland programs well even my miniature Yorkshire Terrier has started sea swimming in the last year so she's a, she's a champion swimmer she's got the four legs and they all go at the same time so we are uh, dogs are lucky they've got a better technique they've they've a stroke named after the movement yeah, so. <laughs> so i'm hoping she's she's aiming for the the 2024 olympics so fingers crossed fantastic we'll keep an eye out <laughs> well that's it from today's mini bonus episode a huge thanks to paul o'flynn for sharing his time and expertise with us today and for being an all-round inspiration his new book, King Henry, is available now. I'm Neve Bennett, this is We Love Books, and until next time, happy reading.